Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. So today, today's title is Power Dressing, and we're looking at Luke 24, starting in verse 36. He says this, while they were still talking about Jesus, about this, Jesus himself stood among them. They're talking about here that just previously they've been talking about the road to Emmaus and seeing Jesus when he's come back from the dead and showing himself to people. And it says here, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. And said to them, peace be with you. Imagine that shock. They just appears and says, peace be with you. It says, they were startled and frightened, thinking they'd seen a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. You are the witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay, say stay, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is an amazing bit of scripture where it talks about Jesus appearing after he's died to his disciples. They've just seen him, him die on the cross. They, they're hoping, I suppose, that their king will come back. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears in the room while they're talking. He says, peace be with you. And startles them and frightens them. I know I'd be scared if he just came in my living room. Sometimes we said, Jesus, come. If he really did come, I think we'd be scared stiff. Most of the times when the angels came in the Bible, and we know this throughout, they were scared. And Jesus comes in the room, and they thought he was a ghost. That's the kind of scenario this is. It's not just he walked through the door and said, hi guys. They thought in this supernatural experience, this is a ghost as Jesus appears. We've looked at the last couple of weeks in this series about, the first week was about assessing your wardrobe. 
looking at your spiritual wardrobe in your life, at the things that you may need to get rid of, throw things out. Sometimes, as you know, we have to look in the wardrobe and check what's in there and decide whether these things are good for us or not. If something's fit still, things are getting a little bit out of shape. And we get rid of these things and we sometimes get new stuff. We looked at that, what to get rid of. And we looked at the first week, one of the most important garments of all was the garment of love. That binds all things together. Last week, we looked at the full armor of God being dressed for battle. That when you become a Christian, you're going to face challenges. Being a Christian is not easy. Don't listen to people who say, he's going to fill that void in your life and then everything's going to be perfect. It's far from the truth. But we need the full armor of God. And we looked at the full armor of God. We looked at what it is to wear this, to protect ourselves from the battles that we face, from the enemy when we come into the faith. But this week I want to talk about something in your wardrobe. We've just read about it right at the very end of that story. Jesus comes into that group, that room, and he talks to them, he shows them his hands, his feet. He says, touch me. And they don't believe who he is. They can't believe, is this the Jesus? And right at the end, he doesn't just have a nice time with them and show them all these things. But right at the very end, he says to them, you have to stay in the city. Because I want you to be clothed with power from on high. He tells them about a garment that they can have for free. That is a power garment. It is something that they can have. It's not the for, for your spiritual warfare sessions. This is not something to throw out. This is something that God has designed perfectly for you to have that brings your Christianity into a power Christianity. I don't know what kind of Christianity you've got today. Does it stop before verse 49? Before he says, wait for this power. Does it stop there and you think, I ain't, I'm not going to verse 49. I'm not so sure about that. But I'll tell you what, I believe the infallible word of God. I believe the truths that he wants everything. He wants you to have everything. He wants you to have the full armor of God. He wants you to learn what it is to throw things out and to have love, which is the most important of them all. Because without love, we wouldn't, what's the point in having all the gifts? Finally, it's so important to have this power garment. It's important to look at where these disciples were at. They were in this room, verse 36. Jesus appears supernaturally to them. He comes in, they're having a supernatural experience. I can tell you this, I've been to lots of meetings, but I've never been to a meeting where Jesus literally, physically walks in and says, peace be with you. Sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? You would buy the conference ticket very quickly if you knew that was going to happen. They had a revelation of who he was. He comes in the room. He says, peace be with you. They're frightened. They're startled. They have this experience of seeing who Jesus is. Some people in here today, they got saved. They've had an experience of seeing who Jesus is. They've had that experience of Jesus walking into their life. He kind of startles them as to, this is different. This is new. Wow, look, I'm not so sure. Is this real? Verse 39, it says that these people felt his touch. He says, touch me. Some people in here could say, I've been to a conference in the past. They'll name you a day when they felt the touch of God on their lives. They say, I've touched him. 
I've reached out. I pursued God and I touched him. I felt his physical presence with me. His tangible presence, should I say. He said, look at my hands and my feet. Touch me. It's me, Jesus, the one you've seen crucified. But verse 49 says, wait here. Stay here until you've been clothed with power from on high. Jesus was talking about Pentecost. He was talking about the day of Pentecost that was about to come. When they would be in Jerusalem and they would, the Holy Spirit would fall in the upper room and they would be empowered by the Holy Ghost. Jesus was talking about a specific moment in time. He says, stay here because on that time, on that day, you are going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I don't know what that says to you today. Because I believe there's many Christians that I meet that seem to have, they seem to stop before verse 49. They seem to believe that, no, I don't really need this. Jesus, he came in the room, he startled me. He, he he came into my life and I've touched him and I felt his presence and I go to church and I have all these things and I've had the experiences and that's enough for me. Ephesians says that he sealed us with his Holy Spirit when we were saved. And you say, I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, why do I need more? But there's been sealed with the Holy Spirit and there's been filled with the Holy Spirit. Bill Johnson said this, the Holy Spirit is in me for my sake, but he is on me for yours. Today, as we celebrate Pentecost, this is not just some commemorative service. Today I believe that there's an opportunity for you, in the upper room as it were, to receive this free garment. To be, en- to be en- empowered and clothed with power from on high. I don't want you to miss out on verse 49. I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to have this empowerment that will change your Christianity and turn it upside down. Because it has me. If I stopped before verse 49 and thought, I'm just going to go with the experience. I'm just going to go with the fact that Jesus can open up my mind to the scriptures. Understand the word of God. See him, touch him, feel good when I go to services. No, it goes more than that. He says he wants to empower you. That's the whole point. I meet so many people that say, what does Pentecost mean? What does a Pentecostal church mean? And I can understand why they think it. There's so many denominations out there. It's like going in Tesco's looking at all the different brands. You've got no idea. When I left my job, people thought I was a Jehovah's Witness. They've got no idea. When I used to go out on my lunches at work and I'd take my bag with me and all I was doing is just going to the shops. They said, have you got Bibles in there? I met one of you the other day. He came to my door. I said, I'm not one of those. There's so many things out there. No one knows where to turn or what to do. They don't know who we are. I'll tell you what Pentecost means. It's not got anything funny attached to it. It sounds a little old fashioned, yes. But it means we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit can fall in this place and empower you. Hallelujah. We can have that same experience that they had then. If you want the acts of the apostles, then you have to act. And the only way to act is to be empowered because you ain't going to do it any other way. If you act in your own strength, you'll fail at the first hurdle. Number one today. Listen 
to the expert. Listen to expert advice is my first point. In this story, Jesus shows up in the room and he gives them a reality check on their faith. He comes in the room not only just to show that I'm, I've come back from the dead, guys. I'm here. He comes to give them a reality check on where they're at in their faith. He says, did you, did you believe really? I am actually come back from the dead. What you've been reading, what I've been telling you for ages, this is real, guys. It's not just a religion. I'm here. It's real. Look at me. Touch me. This is supernatural. This is above and beyond what the world has to offer. It's real. And he comes in and he gives them some key fashion advice. If you'd like to put it like that. He comes in to tell them they need to be clothed with power from a high. But he's telling them first before he says, I'm going to give you this garment that's empowerment. He says to them, he's analyzing them and looking at them saying, look, you need to believe, don't doubt in your minds. This is bigger than you thought. I don't know if any of you have ever seen those programs on TV, the 60 minute makeovers and all these programs. We switch them on and they go in and they get the experts in. And they take people out on the street sometimes and say, show, show them someone and say, what do you think to this person? And people give their reviews and then they do their one hour makeover and they do everything with their hair and their teeth. And by the end of it, it's really sad, isn't it? But then they take them back out and say, do you think he looks any younger? Oh, she looks any younger. And they say, yeah, she's attractive now. He's attractive. I don't watch these programs. Emma does. <laughs> I'm only joking. But I find it amazing when they do this. And it's amazing what they can do. Because the experts know what to do. And do you know what? I believe it's the same for us today. You can have, You could have been walking in your Christian life for many years... In some old style fashion. You have not known what it is to have what the new thing, what Jesus has for you. This, you're living in an Old Testament Christianity. You're living in yesterday's fashion. He says, I want to give you something that's of tomorrow, that's of the future, that speaks to tomorrow. It's, it's alive. And some of us, we've learned to believe that we are fine as we are. We don't want the opinions of the experts. But if the experts come in, we realize they do really do make a change. They can take 10 years off our lives. Because they know, they know what they can do to change us. We've got stuck in our ways. We think we look good, but we're not. And I believe Jesus comes in to say, listen guys, don't have doubt. Don't be stuck in this old way. See the scriptures, don't be stuck thinking this is, there's nothing more, there's more to this. You can be stuck today in that place and you aren't prepared to change. You're not prepared to listen to the expert. The one himself who died on the cross, he paid the price for your sin and he bought the fact that you can have redemption back to God and he paid the price so you can have the gift of the Holy Spirit, the garment to empower you. Many years ago, as a young lad, you wouldn't believe it if I showed you pictures of what I used to wear when I was a young lad. I've got photographs, I hide them away in a special place. But I used to have, I remember when I first went out and I had my ear pierced, and I came back, my dad just did not want me to have my ear pierced. And I, I came and I was hiding it from my mum upstairs, and she's going, don't show your dad. 
And he saw me and he just, the worst thing is, isn't it this? It's not when your dad or your mum shouts, it's when they go quiet. And he just looked at me with disgust. As they're like, you've done it. You've done it now. And I remember having this, my ear pierced. And then I had another one done. I had three earrings in this ear. Three earrings, yeah. And I used to wear caps, shave my hair, wear caps really high. Thought I looked the business. I thought I was cool. I was walking down the street thinking I was cool. And it got so far that I thought I've got three earrings and I want to get something else. And I stuck a little dolphin hanging off one of them. I did. I've told people about this before and people said I would pay to see these pictures. And for many years, I thought I looked cool. But I was probably walking down the street and people were thinking, what does he look like? What's the dolphin about? We get into this false sense of security that we think we're okay. And we're so jaded in our view because we're not prepared to listen to someone else. And listen to the expert. And the expert himself says today that you can wear something that's different. It didn't change much for me because even now if you come around to my house, you'll see on the wall, right at the very end, it's hidden around the corner, is a big photo of me. I don't know why we bought it so big. Me and Emma on our wedding day. And on our wedding day, for those who've seen this picture, I just for some reason thought that dyeing my hair with a blonde streak down one side was cool. And I did it. And the penalty I paid today is every time we get our wedding album out and look through it, everyone we have a show says, why have you got blonde on one side and it's dark on the other? I say, oh, forget it. I thought it was cool. Now I'm just regret it. The same can be for you today. Don't let your own view Without taking any advice, sometimes we've got it all sorted in our minds. I know what Christianity is. I've got it all sorted. And you've stopped before verse 49 that you can have expert opinion, an extreme makeover on your life today that will give you an empowerment and a garment that you didn't know you could have. You could be making a God in your own image. The second commandment says that we can make a God in our own image. And some of us can do that. We d- we're so good at doing it. We think that we've, we, we, we're worried about all the other commandments. We think that we've got this one sorted. But we're so good at saying, I've defined my Christianity. I've defined it to what I think it is, God. And this is what I'm having. I want you to look and turn in your Bibles to Acts 7. Just for a moment. In verse 51. Acts 7 verse 51. And this is the story about the stoning of Stephen. Stephen's just given a speech to a whole load of religious council and telling them all about who he believes Jesus is. He is totally empowered, this guy. I just love Stephen in the Bible. The very fact that he ends up being stoned to death. And he sees Jesus. He is empowered. I'll tell you what that is. That is empowerment. You cannot do that of your own strength. And Stephen's just given a speech to these um, religious council, these people. And we pick it up in Acts 7 verse 51. He says, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious. This is the religious ones. And gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, 
full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, when they heard him say this, he says, at this they covered their ears. And yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. They resisted the Holy Spirit. They were stuck in their religious ways. They said, we don't want this. But he was the one who saw Jesus. He was the one who was seeing Jesus. He had the ability to be dragged and stunned, but see Jesus. They covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. I don't know where you're at today, but sometimes we read these thinking, how could they do that? But some of us today, you may not be stoning anyone, but you're resisting that counsel and that advice that you can have more. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. What are you wearing today? What is your religious attire? You're so good, aren't we, at coming in the Sunday best clothes, the things that represent us what it's like every week. In the spiritual sense, we think, right, here we are Sunday again, I'm getting out the best. No one's going to see really what I feel like, but this is me. This is me. I'm the Mr. Christian or Mrs. Christian or Miss Christian or whatever. But I'm going to church and this is me. I've got it together. These are my religious garments that I'm wearing. But you have no power. There is no life in it. All it is is just another garment that looks good. The religious ones were very good at adorning themselves in religious garments that looked the part. But it lacked life and power. I don't know where you're at today, but you can have, we've just read it in those scriptures, you can have a Christianity that has everything else in it, but you are not empowered by the Holy Spirit. I I know I keep mentioning it, but I'll say it again, that when we go out onto the streets and do what we do, it was never my heart to do that. For years, I've never gone out or thought about doing it because I was just, I thought, that's not me. That's for other people. But there's something that happened in me. And it was when I asked God, I said, God, I want you to empower me. And now when I go out, I am scared to some degree, but not that much. Because I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. When you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, all fear is gone. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. You can have church today. Have you felt his touch? You've been to some conference. you felt his touch. You've known what it is. You, you know the scriptures really, really well. You've studied them well. You've heard some great teaching. Listen, you can have some great teaching, but until you get out and do something, then your Christianity means nothing. You have to put this into action. Number two today is what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Verse 41 in Luke 24 said this, that after seeing his hands and his feet, They still didn't believe it because, listen to this, so important. He says they didn't believe when Jesus was showing him his hands and feet. He says they didn't believe because of joy and amazement. When I read this, sometimes we skip over these things. But I want you to just hook in on this just for a moment. Because it wasn't the fact that they were sat in there just looking, saying we're not sure whether we believe and 
They just doubted him. But they would, he says they were filled with joy and amazement. They were having a good time in this room. But it says in joy and amazement, they still didn't believe. And some of us today, I think in church we can be in joy and amazement, having a good time in church. We can ex- have great experience in church. In our joy and praise and amazement of who God is. and But we still don't really believe. We don't really believe that he is who he says he is. He has the ability to do the impossible. Are you in that place today? But do you know what it says next? He says that when Jesus said that they didn't believe because of their joint amazement, he says something that I think is pretty amazing what happens in this scenario. Because I want to, I want you to just put yourself in that predicament, that situation now. You're checking out Jesus. You're looking at someone who has just died and come back to life. And he's saying, look at my hands and my feet. Guys, he's just appeared in the room and shot them all. If you put yourself in that position for one moment, when they didn't believe, it's almost like this, that Jesus has one of those awkward, silent moments. You know those moments when he doesn't really know what to say? It's like, well, do they really believe this? Or what's going on? And he says this. Have you got anything to eat? Have you got anything to eat, guys? It's like he's... They just don't believe it that much that he thinks... They don't get this, so I'll just probably ask them if they've got some food. And they go and make him some broiled fish, it says. They go and make him some nice food. I'm not being funny, but... If you put yourself in that scenario, Jesus has just rocked up in the room. Peace be with you guys. They're startled and amazed. They're checking out Jesus Christ. His hands and his feet. He's talking to them, saying, look at me. And then the next minute, they're just going and cooking some fish. It seems a little bit odd to me that they do that. Why is it in there? Sometimes we have to look at these things. And I believe that they didn't know what to really believe. At this point they were just thinking, well, I know what we can do. We're good at cooking fish, so we'll go and cook some fish. And we'll serve him. And he says this, that he ate it in their presence. And he sat there and ate it in their presence. So he sat there now eating fish. It's gone from them checking out the Son of God in this awesome supernatural experience to a little dinner time. While they eat some fish. And I find this amazing. I don't know about you. But I think it shows us what we can be like today. God has come into your life. He's walked in the room of your life. He's showed up. You've seen him. He's challenged you. You've felt his touch. But then all of a sudden you've gone into this position where you're so comfortable. You think, well, it goes no further than this. But I don't know if I really believe you, God. So let's just have a little dinner party. Let's meet up every week and just entertain and we'll, until we get this fully and grasp it fully. You can be in the danger today. Because at this point, until they believed, they didn't know if, they didn't say that this was Jesus, the Son of God. He says they was waiting for them to believe. You could be each week entertaining God in church, entertaining a fictitious Jesus. Someone until you Get onto the same page and you really believe that he is the son of God and he is who he says he is. 
And I don't know where you're at today. Are you entertaining in that dining room? We come each week with our dining room clothes on and we can sit down and have a meal with Jesus and have a celebration time. But really it goes no further than that. We're so good at making food. Oh yeah, we can do that. We can serve you, Lord. We can, we can do all this because we're not so sure about this. It's so easy to dress up for entertainment in your Christian walk than to dress up for power for work. It's so easy to go every week to church and dress up for the entertainment. Boy, oh boy, we can all do that. We can all cook broiled fish. We can all sit down and have a bit of time with Jesus and then go and be happy. But Jesus says, I want you to do more than cook fish. Do you know what I love about this story? He didn't turn up and walk out of the room when they didn't believe. He never left them. He didn't get up and say, boys, you're not getting this. I'm leaving because you don't understand. I've just done all this for you and you don't believe me. He looked at them and he was prepared to sit and ask them for something to eat. And they just ate. Instead of talking even more about this. He didn't leave them. That's by his grace. I don't know whether you today are waiting on Jesus, serving him. It's good to serve Jesus. But we can just be a waiter for the entertainment in that dining room. Or are you waiting for his power? Are you waiting for his power? Don't just wait on him today. But wait for him. I was turning to Luke 10. Luke 10 verse 38. Luke 10 verse 38 talks about Mary and Martha. In verse 38 it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You see, we've seen this story many times, but the Martha and Mary experience, the very fact that Mary chooses to be at the feet of Jesus, pursuing these things after him, wants to be close to Jesus. And some of us today are so good at serving in that dining room experience. Entertaining Jesus, but not really grasping his power. Second Timothy 3 verse 5 says this, In the last days, people will have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Have nothing to do with such people, it says. Let me read that to you again. In the last days, people will have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Have nothing to do with such people. We sometimes read that. We say these are the ones who are outside and they're unsaved. But I believe sometimes this can be in the church as well. We know that the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It says don't hang around with the unbelievers too much. It doesn't say don't be with them. Just don't be unequally yoked. I know that if I spend a lot of time with people who are not Christians... Their lives will brush off on me. It's good advice. It's common sense. The people you are with are what you'll become. But I believe that sometimes we look at that and we say, I'm not going to hang around the, uh, the, the non-Christians. I'm going to 
put a, a, a part of my life is just going to be for them, but majority of it is going to be for Christians. But I want to take it one step further for you. Because I believe that in church today, we can be around people who are called Christians. We can be unequally yoked with other Christians. We can be unequally yoked with other people who have just don't want to be close to Jesus. They don't want the fire of God in their lives. They don't want the fullness of the spirit that we sung about this morning. They don't want verse 49. They just want to stay around entertaining him. And having a good old time. But I tell you what I want. I want verse 49. I want that. And I don't want to be around cold Christians. Because cold Christians will make me become a cold Christian. If you want to see amazing things for God, if you want to have an exciting Christian life, all I can encourage you today is get around the people that are on fire for Jesus Christ. That it's burning in their soul like we sung earlier. It's burning in their soul. I can tell you, I can spot them straight away when I meet them. They're the ones who encourage me. They're the ones who are always lifting me. They're the ones who are always talking about the things of God who are saying, we can do this, we can do that. Not the ones who are negative, cold, and always putting it down. And always saying, but what if, if you do this and this? I want to be around the ones that are fiery and hot for Jesus Christ. Amen? And finally, my final point today is this. Get dressed for success. Get dressed for success. Many of you know that if you want to go to a job interview and win the job, You've got to get dressed in your best attire. But the reason that I titled this message today is power dressing. Because I believe that when we do power dressing. when we, If someone was to put on a suit. Mentally in their mind. They change their perception of themselves in that interview room. They become another person. And God says he wants to clothe you with power from on high. That will give you an ability to walk into places. And know who you are in Christ. Not know who you are in yourself, that weak person who can't do anything. But all of a sudden you put on, just as we do when we go for an interview. You wouldn't rock up to an interview tomorrow for a job if you really wanted it in your tracksuit bottoms. You wouldn't do that if you knew you really wanted something. You'd dress smarter. You'd say, I'm going to make an impression. But not only would you make an impression, but you would go with confidence and boldness. Sometimes in being someone you're really not. Because it's funny, the many times I've seen interviews at the company that I used to work for, everyone shows up in the suit. On Monday, the day that they work, come to work, they're in the tracksuit bottoms. It's like a completely different person's just arrived. Did we, did we accept a job for you? Did we invite you to come here? And they come in and they're completely different. It's like, I've got past the barrier. And a lot of the time it's because they're being someone that really they're not. And let me tell you this, when you walk and you're clothed with power from on high, it's not really you, it's Jesus Christ inside of you. That's making you bold. That's giving you the ability to lay hands on the sick and they recover with fresh boldness. It's not you. None of it's about us. And some people I meet today, they're trying to walk and do these things that it says in the Bible in their own power. Because they don't want verse 49. They don't want the manifestations and the experience of the Holy Spirit. So they try to do it on their own. Get dressed for success. 
The reason we're baptized in the spirit of God, baptized by fire, is to produce fruit for his kingdom. He's waiting for us to produce that fruit. We read earlier in Luke 24, again, just going back to it, in verse 46 and 47. He says, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead. This is what he's telling the guys in the room. He says, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. In that bit of scripture, when he's in the room with them, they've just had their fish. He then goes on to this. He says, do you know what, guys? While they're eating the fish, do you know what's going to happen? The message is going to be preached across all nations. It's going to start in Jerusalem. This is what's going to happen. The church is going to start, and it's going to start in Jerusalem, and it's going to reach all these nations. Acts 1 verse 8 says, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But in this, what I want to just hook on, is that in Luke 24, when he chats to the guys, they're eating the fish now. They're still not fully with it. He says, do you realize, guys, he sees the potential in them, even though they don't believe, they're doubters. He says, do you know what, guys? This is not just, we're not going to entertain you. There is an agenda. The agenda is this, that the gospel will be preached to all nations. And it starts in Jerusalem. He gives them their mission. He says, this is going to happen. It will happen. Whether you're involved in it or not is another thing. It's your choice. But it will happen. Let me tell you. If you're not doing these things for God, it'll still happen through other people. It will happen, but you can be part of it. He says, as a result of that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations. If you want the boldness from God, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you say, I've never heard of that before, And I don't understand it. I'm not so sure the guys in the upper room that day fully understood it. When everyone started speaking in other tongues. And someone walked in and said, these guys are drunk. He says, they looked at them and thought they were drunk. If you thought that us Pentecostals swing on chandeliers and do funny things. You should have walked in the upper room that day in the book of Acts. Because it looked like they'd all been drinking. I'll tell you, that's church for you. That's church. We sometimes, we just say, I don't want all these manifestations. I don't want this. But if you want the boldness from God, we need to be equipped and empowered. Filled with his spirit. I believe that Peter, when he denied Christ three times, the more and more I ever read it, I cannot believe that without the Holy Spirit, he could change from denial to standing up on those steps and preaching and seeing 3,000 people come to Christ. How does he do that? How does he change? How does he change from when someone comes to him and says, have you been with Jesus? He says, no, I don't know him. And he denies him three times. How do you change from that to preaching on steps and seeing 3,000 come and ultimately giving your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ? How do you change? I'll tell you how you change. You're filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. You're changed. This is that. That was prophesied. Your sons and daughters will dream dreams. God's spirit will be poured out upon all flesh, Joel. What you wear today determines how you're going to operate in the future. What you wear today, what your spiritual attire is, 
You've probably, we've gone through the wardrobe. You've chucked some stuff out by now maybe. You said, yeah, I got rid of some stuff that don't fit. I've got my spiritual armor ready in my relationship with God. I'm close to him. I know I've got this. I'm a, I'm a good fighter. But don't let it finish there. I want to encourage you today to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. In Acts 4, a little bit later on in Acts 4 in verse 31, Peter, that Peter and John have been before the Sanhedrin and they've been questioning about the healings. And in verse 31 it says this, that they prayed. They prayed to God. They said, they were saying, God, we've just been before these people, the ones who put you to death. The ones who are against you and they're against us as well. This is what they were saying. We're praying to you now. They've just had us in before the council and we want to say a prayer and in this, in this bit of scripture in Acts 4.31, we pick it up where they're praying. He says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Did you get the, the link there? If you want to speak the word of God boldly, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Simple. It's so simple. But yet so many people complicate it. With these, putting tags on of weird cultish denomination type stuff of, this is weird stuff. No it isn't. It's simple, it's biblical. Jesus wants us to be filled with his spirit. He said it to the guys in that room, hoping that they go beyond just cooking fish. And catch on, that they can have this more. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Some of you know that when we do it here, we have a, a tank downstairs for baptism, for water baptism. And some of you may have been baptized and some of you may not. But we believe in water baptism and full immersion when we put someone down under the water and lift them back up and say that they have put in their old life to death. And they've been brought back to life in Christ. It's a new life. It's a symbolic way. One of the things that happens every time we ever do a baptism is we put sheets out on the floor trying to protect all the cables and things downstairs as people walk out and they're dripping with water as they go back to the, the changing rooms. They haven't just had their head washed. No, they've been fully immersed as a symbolic way of saying this is my old life has been put to death and I come back up and I am a new creature in Christ. And they walk through the room and they're dripping all over our carpet. All water's dripping all over the carpet. And I want to tell you today that the same, he says that Jesus will come. John the Baptist says he's going to come and baptize with fire. I don't know how much fire you've got on you. But I want to tell you today that you need to be dripping just like water. That when you walk through a room, it's all over the floor. It's wherever you go, people see the fire of God on you. Not just a little tiny flame that you get out and just show every now and again when you dare to. But when you walk around, you're like a walking firebrand for Jesus Christ. It's the same. He says, John the Baptist says, I baptize with water, but one is coming who's going to baptize with fire. And I want to encourage you today not to just walk around, not worried about whether you get the carpet wet as it were outside. You should be going around and wherever you go, people look and saying, what is it that he's got on him or she's got on her? Why is it that they leave something, they, there's something about them? It's because you are immersed 
Baptism means to be fully immersed. Saturated in his presence. Hallelujah. I don't know where you're at today. But just as we can have non-full immersion water baptism. You could just have your head wet. Maybe for some today. You haven't been fully immersed. In the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you today. Not only to be baptized by water. But be baptized by the fire of God. You'll never be the same again. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.